Hi, I'm Rima, and you're listening to Think Like a Scientist. In this show, we break down barriers between scientific thinking and modern-day actions for the result of providing you real-life tools and experiences that you can use to bring positive impact. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Think Like a Scientist. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Rima. I am a student studying molecular genetics and neuroscience at the University of Toronto. And for this episode, we're going to go into everything genetics, DNA, mutations, disease, and what happens when your DNA is damaged. So the thing is, the study of disease and creating these therapies to treat diseases and possibly cure diseases didn't just occur naturally. We started with first having to isolate DNA so that we could actually understand this mechanism and what mutations on DNA and, you know, it took us a while to understand that mutations on DNA or, you know, when a DNA is damaged is what can cause disease. So there was this scientist once upon a time, he's a chemist, named Friedrich Miescher, and he was the first to isolate DNA and discover the nucleic acid. And scientists then built upon this knowledge, and there was a chemist named Rosalind Franklin, and she contributed a lot to the structure of DNA because she was the first to actually discover the helical structure of the DNA molecule. So when you look at, I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of the DNA structure, it's a double-stranded helix, and she used a technique called X-ray crystallography. And she was the first to actually have a picture of the helical structure of the DNA molecule using X-ray crystallography. And similarly, scientists built upon this knowledge, and it was Watson and Crick who were awarded the Nobel Prize because they developed a model uh, that was built upon Rosalind Franklin's discovery or, you know, work, and they developed a model of the molecule as we know today as the two-strand DNA double helix. That's quite fascinating, and it was them who, you know, gave us this understanding, and obviously um, various other scientists who contributed to the to the work of of unraveling the no pun intended the structure of the dna double helix which allowed us to understand how diseases are acquired or inherited or how diseases are even acquired throughout life which essentially is the study of epigenetics so how different factors and lifestyle factors like smoking radiation uv rays or even lifestyle factors like our diet can contribute to mutations that cause disease. So it's not it's not always inherited. And before going to, you know, talking about specifically mutations and disease and how it applies to your life as a listener right now and how we could use this knowledge, I want to go into what is a gene? Because, you know, we see it all over the media, you know, and in, in articles and title uh <laughs> titles and articles like talking about genes and genetics and DNA, but really what is a gene? Well, the formal definition of a gene is a unit of heredity on a location on the chromosome. 
which to be honest, the definition can kind of be, not even kind of, it's kind of confused, it's really confusing if, you know, you're not really in science or studying um, genetics. So I'm going to boil it down and make it more simple. So DNA is embedded in a compact structure inside our cells in something that we call the nucleus. And it's in, it's packaged. So it's obviously a very long strand, but the reason why, you know, we're able to have it all over our body, despite, you know, you may have heard like the DNA, um, if we were hypothetically to stretch it out, that it could span all the way to the moon and back or something like that. But the reason why we're able to have it all in our body is not only because it's so small and microscopic, but also because it's packaged very tightly in chromosomes which is what is inherited from our parents and so you know we have the this long dna molecule but what is a gene a gene is a specific location on that chromosome or on that you know dna molecule and this allows us to study how these genes or how mutations on specific genes cause disease so for example the BRCA1 gene or the BRCA2 gene is associated with breast cancer and ovarian cancer because although we all have these this gene the BRCA1 gene and BRCA2 gene it's the mutations that happen on those genes that cause this these diseases like breast cancer and ovarian cancer so um, you may have also heard of the central dogma of molecular biology which is when our DNA transcribes into an RNA, which translates into a protein. And because DNA is packaged and um, located in our, in our nucleus, it's actually protected. It You know, the thing is, you would be surprised by how frequently mutations occur on our DNA. There are so many mutations that occur per second, but we have DNA repair mechanisms that repair these mutations before they cause disease or before they are expressed in our body. And the thing is, DNA, like I mentioned, is located in our nucleus. But it's when the DNA, and there's always repair mechanisms, but when these mechanisms fail to repair the mutation or damage that's that occurs on a DNA molecule, this mutation will then get transcribed into RNA and once it goes through a bunch of processes and and transcribes into a mature RNA molecule also known as an mRNA so messenger RNA this then gets translocated or it, it goes out of the nucleus into the cytoplasm so the outside of the nucleus but inside the cell this then gets translated into a protein because most mRNAs once they're translocated into the outside of the nucleus, into the cytoplasm, they get translated into a protein. It's when they get translated into a protein that if they still, if they have a mutation, this can, these proteins can aggregate and they can cause disease. So that's why, you know, when you think of vaccines, specifically the COVID-19 vaccine, the mRNA vaccines, the question that and it's it's a great question that comes up which is can these mrna vaccines alter our dna and it's a great question but you could probably understand now that it, it can't alter our dna because 
once an mRNA, once the mRNA molecule or a strand is is translocated into the cytoplasm, it doesn't, you know, you think of the central dogma of molecular biology, it doesn't go back into the nucleus. It's there to be translated into a protein. And obviously this could be a whole other episode where I talk about how mRNA is translated into proteins and how the vaccines are used to produce antibodies or antibody proteins to protect us from viruses like COVID-19. But my point here to say is, is just to emphasize the central dogma of molecular biology and how our body creates proteins because I'm going to go into fascinating research and, and topics about disease like sickle cell disease and breast cancer and and how specific mutations that inherited on our genes can cause disease. So I'm sure you've seen the structure of DNA, whether it's a cartoon image or a chemical, or the chemical structure of DNA, you at least have an idea that it's a, it's a double-stranded spiral um, structure, helical structure, where two strands spiral around each other. Depending on your level of biology, whether you took it in high school or not, you may know that the nucleotides in the DNA double helix base pair with each other. And you may have heard of amino acids and how amino acids are the, the saying that amino acids are the building blocks of proteins. Similarly, the nucleotides are the building blocks of DNA. We have four nucleotides, guanine, cytosine, adenine, and thymine. Guanine always base pairs with cytosine, so G with C, and A with T. And the DNA sequence on our DNA is basically built upon that. G with C, A with T. Whenever there is a nucleotide that's damaged, or maybe a nucleotide that's mismatched, say, this is considered a mutation. But the thing is, we have several DNA repair mechanisms that can repair these mutations before it's permanently embedded into our DNA. So there are different types of mutations, like a nucleotide can get damaged, or nucleotides can get matched incorrectly, or maybe nicks in one, or one of the both strands of DNA can um, interfere with DNA replication. And so there are different repair pathways, like I mentioned, and there are different enzymes that respond to damage on our DNA. So for example, the enzyme DNA polymerase can replace nucleotides with the correct ones. So for example, the nucleotide thymine, if it's replaced with an incorrect nucleotide, say adenine, for example, DNA polymerase can come in and take it out, replace it with a correctly matched nucleotide thymine. And if DNA polymerase, the enzyme, doesn't or let's say misses one and leaves one behind, there are actually even a series of proteins that come after these, this enzyme that looks for mutations and replace the correctly matched nucleotide. And you would be surprised by how frequently mutations occur in our DNA and the number of DNA repair mechanisms that can repair these mutations before they cause disease. For example, I mentioned earlier that there are a number of different factors that can cause mutations in our DNA, like UV rays from the sun, radiation, or smoking. And for example, radiation can sever one or, the, or both strands of the DNA, which can actually 
result in cell death if not repaired. And even then, if let's say one or both of the strands of DNA are severed, there are still a number of mechanisms in the DNA that, is, that can repair this, this damage that's done to the DNA through, say, radiation. For example, again, the enzyme DNA polymerase can com- come in and it could use the undamaged DNA template as a template to repair the damaged DNA. And there can also be a series of proteins, for example, that can cut the, the damaged part of the DNA and then fuse them back together. So there are so many DNA repair mechanisms and so many processes that happen per second in our body to protect us and prevent disease. But what happens when we have permanent mutations on our DNA? What happens when we have permanent mutations on genes? So there are a number of DNA repair mechanisms and processes that occur in our body to protect us and prevent disease before they are expressed in our body. But what happens when there are genetically inherited diseases or permanent mutations on our DNA that aren't repaired? Let's get into that. So the thing is, mutations that occur don't even have to be so significant. And by that I mean even one single nucleotide mismatch can cause disease. And in fact, this is what we see in sickle cell disease. In sickle cell disease, the reason why it's called sickle is because the the red blood cell kind of looks like a sickle shape, kind of like a crescent moon. And because its structure changes, this interferes with its function. So the oxygen molecules can't bind to hemoglobin, and this blocks blood flow and prevent it from providing oxygen to other tissues in the body. And that's why those with sickle cell disease have symptoms like swelling of the hands and feet and pain in joints. And the point here is to say that only one single nucleotide exchange or mismatch can cause this disease. The single nucleotide, thymine, gets replaced with adenine. And this causes sickle cell disease because, say, you know, when when I talked about the central dogma of molecular biology earlier, I mentioned how DNA gets transcribed into RNA, which translates into protein. But when there is a single nucleotide exchange, this will interfere with the ability of RNA to to translate the correct amino acid. Normally, the RNA that translates into the amino acid for normal red blood cells, this this codon would translate for glutamate. But in sickle cell disease, just one single nucleotide exchange or mismatch, which thymine is replaced for adenine, codes for a completely different amino acid. And the point here is to say that just one single nucleotide mutation can cause such detrimental and fatal disease. And it's actually thymine that gets replaced with adenine. And just this single mismatch causes this disease. And a fun fact about sickle cell disease, though, is that even though this single mutation can cause such a detrimental and fatal disease, it can actually make people more resistant to malaria. So that's why you see that sickle cell disease is more prevalent in sub-Saharan Africa because that is where malaria is more prevalent. So you can imagine, though, in the near future that if 
well, hopefully, if malaria gets eradicated, we will probably see decreases in cases of sickle cell disease. So mutations aren't at all, aren't always bad. Sometimes mutations occur in our DNA that increases our chances of survival. In, in this case, it's sickle cell disease. And also other things that don't even encode for diseases, but just increase our chances of survival. And this actually reminds me of a book I was reading called The Better Half by Dr. Sharon Moalem, and he's a doctor and neurogeneticist. And he's done incredible research on sex differentiation, and he's also he also discovered an antibiotic that cures superbug infections. And so anyways, he's done incredible work on, on sex differentiation, and the book was really all about how and why females have developed such stronger immune systems compared to genetic males. And this was all due to the reason of females or genetic females having uh, 2X chromosomes compared to genetic males which who have only 1X chromosome. And genetic females are better at fighting invading microbes and malignant uh, cells or cancerous cells. And so they have this benefit, but this also comes with a cost. Genetic females are more prone to autoimmune diseases. So even though the, the females have a more have more aggressive or stronger immune system, the cost of this is that the immune system of genetic females are much more likely to attack themselves, which is what occurs in diseases like lupus or multiple sclerosis. So my point here to, to the, um, for mentioning this is um, to emphasize the point of cost and benefit where, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong though, that this cost benefit has nothing to do with mutations. You know, genetic females are just biologically inherited, you know, inherited with two X chromosomes and that's not a mutation. But this is just to say that there is sometimes in biology or evolutionary biology where you can see costs and benefits of certain mutations like like what we've seen in, in sickle cell disease. And sometimes diseases aren't necessarily genetically inherited. There can be mutations and even permanent mutations. A lot of the times, actually, diseases are caused by external factors like environment, uh, environmental factors like what we've talked about, UV radiation, UV light and smoking and even lifestyle factors like diet that can cause permanent mutations that cause disease and that's what we've seen in in cases of you know heart disease and that's why we see it occur a lot more later in life because these diseases have progressed through factors that cause these mutations throughout life instead of you know it being genetically inherited like for example type 1 diabetes or sickle cell disease and this actually makes it harder to innovate therapies and treatments for diseases that are primarily inherited through environmental factors or external factors other than uh, genetic inheritance from parents for example because you know imagine trying to pinpoint or track where these mutations and the causes of these mutations on, you know, the whole set of genes or the entire genome. And it makes it harder to treat them because it's harder to pinpoint exactly where the mutations are and, and you know, on the, on the whole genome. And genome is the entire set of genetics 
of genetic material and genes compared to diseases like sickle cell disease, for example, where we can, you know, it's just caused by one single nucleotide mutation or even muscular dystrophy, where all we have to do is, is create therapies that target this mutation, either repair, uh, repair it so we can take out this nucleotide and match it with the correct one, which is what is done in CRISPR-Cas9 uh, therapies. And, you know, CRISPR technology, I spoke about this actually briefly in my episode where I talked about how food influences our emotions. And I talked about how, really briefly at the end of the episode, how CRISPR-Cas9 technology will will or can treat single nucleotide mutations and have been successfully replicated in research but we still have yet to see it being implemented in vivo so in actual humans instead of in a carefully controlled lab environment and that's gonna it's gonna happen hopefully eventually in the near future but the point here is to say and emphasize how genetically inherited diseases even though caused by single nucleotide mutations do provide us a way for us to see how these mutations cause certain diseases. Two genes that you may have heard of are BRCA1 and BRCA2 genes. And these genes are associated with breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And we all have the these genes, the BRCA1 and BRCA2 gene. But what what happens in breast cancer and ovarian cancer are when mutations target or mutations on these genes that cause breast cancer and ovarian cancer. We've seen a lot on the media about how we need to get tested for certain diseases or even, you know, 23andMe where all you have to do is is put your saliva and they can give you like a whole list of diseases that you're you're genetically prone to. And I want to talk about what it means to be genetically prone to a disease because we've seen all over the media and in all of these tests where they're like, you know, take a test so you can see which disease you're genetically genetically prone to. And now it's emphasized to get your blood tested as well to see whether you have or you're genetically prone to breast cancer or ovarian cancer. For example, for breast cancer, more specifically, is they take your blood or a blood sample and they take it for DNA analysis or DNA sequencing and they see if you have a mutation on that BRCA1 or BRCA2 gene. And if you have a mutation on those genes, they can say that you're genetically prone to breast cancer or ovarian cancer, and this way you can take steps throughout your life to prevent from prevent, prevent yourself from acquiring this disease. And that's why those who have, let's say, you know, mothers or, or even parents, because men can or males can, um, get uh, breast cancer as well to get yourself tested because they can be genetically inherited. But sometimes, even though they are genetic genetically inherited, they may not be expressed. That's why they say you're genetically prone. They don't say that you're 100% going to get this disease. You just have a higher chance or higher likelihood of getting this disease. But depending on the number of steps you take, you can prevent yourself from getting this disease or this Uh, cancer, breast cancer. I want to end off by just summarizing all the things that we've talked about because we've talked about a number of topics in this episode spanning from genes and mutations and more specifically the the mutations that occur per second right now in our body 
and the number of DNA repair mechanisms that repair these mutations before they cause disease. And then we also talked about what happens when your DNA is permanently damaged, say for sickle cell disease or when you have breast cancer. And I also talked about how mutations aren't always that bad, say for sickle cell disease, for example, where even though sickle cell disease is quite a detrimental and fatal disease, they are those with this disease are more resistant to malaria. And this may not be a good example of how mutations can be beneficial because it doesn't actually show the scope of even though we can have mutations that they can be beneficial because sometimes we can inherit mutations that even even though they don't code for diseases, they actually increase our survival. And we also talked about CRISPR technology and genetic engineering because sometimes when we do have a permanently damaged mutation in our DNA and DNA repair mechanisms don't come in to repair these mutations because say they're genetically inherited, we can create therapies and innovate therapies like CRISPR-Cas9 technology to target these mutations and essentially they do the same thing. They just take out the nucleotide mutation and repair it with the correctly matched nucleotides so that we can cure the diseases like sickle cell disease and muscular dystrophy. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. We really talked about so many topics in genetics and just the fundamental basics of genetics and how they relate how it relates to disease and the basics of mutations and how mutations cause disease and the potential promise of therapies like CRISPR technology and genetic engineering to cure these diseases in the near future. And we also talked about epigenetics because sometimes mutations may not be genetically inherited, but can be acquired throughout life from external factors like smoking and radiation or UV uh, light from the sun. So thank you for listening to this episode and for tuning in. Let me know if you enjoyed uh, this topic and the topics or which specific topic you may have enjoyed more in this episode because um, I hope to go into it a lot more deeper in the next few episodes where I talk about how this applies to your life as a listener and how you can take this knowledge to better your health and well-being. So thank you for listening in, and I'll see you in the next episode.